0: Hello and welcome to Code Conversations, a new podcast series from ECNM Magazine that focuses on interpreting the National Electrical Code. I'm Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and I'm sitting down today with NEC expert Russ LeBlanc to discuss difficult-to-decipher concepts surrounding the 2020 NEC in 15 minutes or less. Code Conversations is one of the many new benefits available to our free members-only portal available on our website, ecmweb.com, located under Premium Content. Most of you probably already know Russ. He's a master electrician, electrical instructor, trainer, certified electrical inspector and longtime contributor and code consultant to ECNM magazine, bringing you some of our most popular pieces of content you'll recognize, such as What's Wrong Here, Moving Violations videos and illustrated code catastrophes. For today's episode, we're going to discuss some of the discrepancies that come up when performing microwave installations. Russ, let's jump right into this and get to the root of why the code may cause confusion at times in these instances. So we've had a lot of feedback on our website about the intent of the NEC on this issue. It seems that electricians and the AHJ may often disagree on what is considered code compliant when it comes to microwave installations. Can you tell us about when you discovered this was an issue
1: well earlier this year i was contacted by an electrician to provide my interpretation on whether a recent installation he performed was code compliant the electrician told me he was frustrated with the ahj who was a town wire inspector in this case who had a different interpretation of the rules than he did in fact the inspector failed one of his installations because of it and the electrician explained to me that there was an existing 125 volt duplex receptacle installed on the other side of the wall in a hallway, but directly below where he needed to install a receptacle for a microwave in the kitchen. He was easily able to snake a cable from this existing hallway receptacle outlet to a new receptacle outlet located in the cabinet above the range where the microwave range hood would be plugged in. The inspector failed this installation, citing a violation of section 422.16 B43, again, that's 422.16 B43, because it was not an individual branch circuit.
0: Well, that sounds fairly straightforward, but did your opinion change?
1: It did. My initial reaction was to immediately agree with the inspector. That was my gut instinct that Mm -hmm. the inspector was right. However, the electrician insisted an individual circuit was not mandatory. the more I thought about it, the more I started to agree with the electrician. Let me explain why. Section 90.5a tells us that mandatory rules use the terms shall or shall not. Section 90.5b explains that permissive rules identify methods that are allowed but not required and will use the terms shall be permitted or shall not be required. A closer review of the wording. In section 422.16 reveals that this is not a mandatory rule but rather a permissive rule. In fact, that section doesn't prohibit anything. It gives permission to use flexible cords under five conditions, but at that same time, it doesn't necessarily restrict their use to only those five conditions. The first paragraph says a microwave shall be permitted to be cord and plug connected, where all the following conditions are met. However, that paragraph does not say only where all the following conditions are met. And that was the subtle but pretty significant difference that the electrician was relying upon to make his decision to snake a cable from the existing outlet rather than run an individual circuit.
0: Wow, that's really interesting and exactly why we're having these important code conversations. I can definitely see how this causes confusion. So what's your advice for our listeners who are tackling this type of work?
1: The intent of all the rules in section 422.16b may in fact be to restrict cord and plug connections for appliances to only those specified conditions. But the literal wording doesn't quite get there. In fact, there have been many revisions over the years to other code sections where that word only was added to help clarify the intent, including in Article 310, when installing parallel conductors for 1-0 and larger, and in Article 517, for the types of wiring methods permitted for providing mechanical protection of essential electrical systems in healthcare facilities. And that's just a couple examples off the top of my head. So maybe adding the word only is what should happen in Section 422.16.2. But as I always say, when in doubt, it's always best to ask your AHJ. In this case, it may have been best for the electrician to ask the AHJ for his interpretation before the installation was performed. And this would have saved him from having to go back and then redo his work.
0: Right, that's definitely a good point. So are there any other code requirements that installers should be aware of for this type of installation?
1: Yeah, definitely. There are many other code concerns with this particular type of installation, including uh, section 406.12, tamper-resistant receptacles, section 210.12D, AFCI protection requirements for branch circuit extensions, the 50% limit imposed by section 210.23A2 for the microwave load, and possibly even 210.8A7 GFCI protection requirements if that microwave receptacle is within six feet of that kitchen sink. Uh, but thankfully, none of those was cited as a violation in this uh, electrician's installation.
0: Okay, great. This was a really interesting one. I'm glad we included it in the Code Conversations, and I'd like everybody welcome them to let us know if you have any other issues that you're interested in hearing about. So it looks like we're about out of time today. I want to thank Russ for sharing his unique insights from the field and industry knowledge with us today. In closing, I'd also like to thank Associate Editor Ellie Coggins for editing and putting these podcasts together, making this valuable information available to all of you. This podcast is produced by ECNM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. So that's it for today's Code Conversation. Please let me know if you have any other pressing NEC podcast topics you'd like to listen to in the future, and don't forget to check out the Members Only Portal on our website more podcasts and other content resources for electrical construction professionals. Thank you and have a great day.